Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a Motherhood Feels podcast. I'm Dr. Jill Garrett, a licensed psychologist who specializes in perinatal mental health and host of Hindsight is 2020, a Motherhood Feels podcast. It's a new year and a new season, so stay tuned for an amazing season opener with Rachel Winter and Rachel Steinman seasoned moms and newly published authors of the book, Stay Golden, Girls, Friendship is the New Marriage. You can check out this perfect Valentine's Day gift for your girl crew by checking out these besties website at stayforevergold.com. You can get your copy of Stay Golden, Girls, Friendship is the New Marriage through Amazon and Etsy. But first, let me share a little background on the Rachels. Rachel Winter is a writer, director, and an Academy Award-nominated producer for Dallas Buyers Club. Winter, along with LeBron James, produced James' biopic, Shooting Stars, released on Peacock in June 2023. Available now from iHeartRadio, Winter produced and directed the audio drama Supreme, The Battle for Roe, starring Maya Hawke and William H. Macy. Winter made her directorial debut with The Space Between, starring Kelsey Grammer, for which they both received awards from various film festivals. Rachel Steinman is a writer, teacher, and mental health advocate. She hosts the Dear Family podcast with inspirational guests who have overcome mental health obstacles to thrive. She received her master's in education and teaching credentials from UCLA, has taught every elementary school grade, and has been the school's librarian. She is a lead presenter for NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and is passionate about getting people to talk about mental health by replacing stigma, shame, and secrecy with love, compassion, and understanding. Listen in as I chat with these accomplished women on their careers, motherhood, and their long-standing friendship. Next. Hey guys, it's me, Jill. If you are interested in integrating more support for moms, dads, and families into your healthcare system or business, please contact Motherhood Feels at motherhoodfeels at gmail.com. The Motherhood Feels supports include Before Baby Boot Camp, an online self-paced course and downloadable workbook that offers education, evidence-based coping skills, an opportunity to create a personalized coping plan, and resources for new and expectant parents. Check out motherhoodfeels.com for a sneak peek of the course and to check out my newly published rhyming storybooks with healthy mental health and safe sleep messages, Motherhood Feels M is for Mom and Fatherhood Feels D is for Dad. Both the course and the storybooks can be personalized to your healthcare system or corporation. And as per usual, help this podcast grow by subscribing on Apple and Spotify. You can find me on social at Motherhood Feels. Thanks for listening. Hi, Rachel and Rachel. Thank you so much for being here. I've got you, Rachel Winter, and you, Rachel Steinman, here. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. 
I grew up in the Valley in Los Angeles, um, California. I'm a true Valley girl, as is my bestie, Rachel. And um, I am a mom. I have two children, a 16-year-old boy and a 15-year-old girl. Um, And, you know, fighting the good fight every day. And I am married for the second time, hopefully the last. Um, I have high hopes. And I'm in the entertainment business. Well, thank you for that introduction, Rachel Winter. And Rachel Steinman, can you give us a little bit of an overview on who you are? Absolutely. And thank you so much for having us. We're really happy to be here. Like Rachel said, grew up in the Valley And um, I went on to UC Santa Barbara, where I met Rachel in college, freshman year. And then I went on to UCLA, where I got my teaching credentials and my master's in education. I've taught all the elementary school grades, um, including being the school librarian, one of my favorite all-time jobs. I ended up becoming a mental health advocate when I was about 40 years old. I discovered my grandfather's unfinished manuscript after his third wife passed away. There were a lot of family secrets in there that dealt with generations of mental illness and suicide, and I didn't want to pass that on to my daughters. And so I started writing and also podcasting. And that has been a really incredible journey. And I'm so happy to be here to talk about wellness and the importance of wellness on our lives, especially as parents. Uh, Recently, Rachel and I wrote a book, which I know we will get into, called Stay Golden Girls, Friendship is the New Marriage. And we're so excited to discuss why friendship is so important for new parents and continuing to have those bonds and form those bonds and prioritize those bonds. I also am a mom. I have a 21-year-old daughter who goes to University of Chicago. I have an 18-year-old daughter who is the senior at a performing arts school, and she was just accepted to NYU. So soon to be an empty nester, which is so crazy. Thankfully, my husband and I get along very well, and we will continue to enjoy our time together. Well, thank you both for giving me a rundown on who you are and a little bit about your experience as moms, but also as professionals, and also now as authors to what sounds like a really cool concept. I like this idea of friendship as the new marriage. And as a person who very much values her friendships, I am excited to check this out. Before we go into that, however, I'm going to have to just kind of uh, quell some of my curiosity with a few questions. Let me start with you, Rachel Winter. You said you are in the entertainment industry. Could you give us a little bit of a rundown on what you do for work? Absolutely. So um, I have a, you know, kind of a funny weird way into the entertainment business. Uh, Growing up in LA, you sort of automatically think, oh, you know, everybody knows everybody. And I would have known somebody to get my foot in the door uh, when we were getting ready to graduate from UC Santa Barbara. I did not know anybody. And I decided, forget about law school. I'm going to go into the entertainment industry. And I called my mom and I said, do we know anyone? And she says, well, we only know so-and-so, but he does porn. (laughs) And I was like, I don't care. Give me his number. 
So my first job in the industry was working for a softcore porn producer, <laughs> uh, obviously behind the camera. And um, that's how I got my start. Uh, so it was a little crazy and very untraditional. Um, and I have subsequently produced a handful of movies. Um, that certainly the jewel of my crown was producing Dallas Buyers Club, uh, which ended up being very successful and having an impact. Um, there's literally a Dallas Buyers Club law regarding Big Pharma in Colorado. It was very successful for the actors in the movie. Um, and then I just have, um, I produced the LeBron James movie that's now out on Peacock called Shooting Stars. And that is actually a story about friendship. LeBron growing up in Akron, Ohio with his best friends and how that created a strong foundation that exists today. I just fell in love with the story. Um, also, and Rachel helped me out on this too. I have a podcast, um, a scripted drama that came out in June called Supreme, The Battle for Roe, which is uh, starring Maya Hawke and William H. Macy. And it's really just a nonpartisan look at the two unsung heroes of Roe v. Wade, the justice who wrote the opinion and the 26-year-old female attorney who could not get hired as a lawyer and ended up arguing her case in front of the Supreme Court. Um, so an inspirational story, which I'm very much drawn to. Uh, I have directed a film called The Space Between, uh, which I'm very proud of. I didn't embarrass myself, which is basically what I was shooting for. Um, and yeah, I have a bunch of projects that are in development. And um, I'm very lucky uh, that I get to do what I do. I'm very lucky to be a storyteller. And that was a very natural segue uh, into what Rachel and I wanted to do. We really wanted to tell a story about friendship. Well, that's awesome. And thank you for all of your work. And Rachel Steinman, I know that you talked about what sounds like really interesting find in your house when you came across this unfinished manuscript that shed some light on what sounds like some things that you felt like, I want to put an end to some potentially intergenerational mental health challenges. Could you tell us a little bit about that and also what sounds like a really cool podcast that you have? Thank you so much. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I wanted to end that generational trauma. Uh, my great-grandfather died by suicide. My Both my grandparents died by suicide, so that's my mom's parents. And my mom has bipolar. And no one ever discussed mental health in our family. It just went unsaid. And... Although I knew these things happened in the background, um, it was never a topic of discussion. And at the point that I found the manuscript, I was ready to kick my mom out of my life because she had undiagnosed bipolar, which is really an interesting thing that we didn't understand that that's what she had until she was past her 60th year. But Yes, once I discovered this manuscript and started looking at my family history and started seeing patterns in family and seeing patterns that I also could have continued, I realized I did not want to continue this generational trauma. I wanted to cut the shame and the stigma and talk about it. So I started writing and I actually have a memoir that 
I wrote is it spans five generations and there are patterns that get repeated unless they are discussed. And I did not want to have my daughters feel shame around these topics. I wanted it to be an open discussion. And so I started writing. I started podcasting. My podcast is called Dear Family because every single family has a mental health issue. We all have mental health. I really learned a lot when I began volunteering for NAMI, which stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. I took my teaching skills and I began going into middle schools and high schools and educating students and parents and staff. I'm a lead presenter who comes in with this PowerPoint presentation that has videos and and basically, I offer hope and resources so that kids can recognize warning signs early on because we all know the earlier we diagnose anything, the better. It's just like with physical health. And I think the best part that came out of it was that I found compassion and love for my mom, whereas I used to be so embarrassed by her. I really understood her and we've never been closer and we can have these really incredible open dialogues and my girls totally understand their wacky Grammy and appreciate and love her. And it's just, it's been this really beautiful education for me. And I'm hearing how your own family history has helped with your own awareness and insight and trickle down to your children, which is going to have such a nice downstream effect generationally. And so kudos to you and all of the work that you do for the community, but also that you've done for yourself and family. That's really exciting. Yeah. Thanks, Jill. It's funny. You know, I started pre-pandemic and people weren't talking about mental health as much as they are now. So that's a good thing. People are talking about it, but I'll, I never, I'll never forget going up to people and saying, will you be on my podcast to talk about your bipolar or, 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 or whatever it was? And they were like, absolutely not. Now people are much more comfortable. We know this generation, the younger generation doesn't look as at therapy as something negative. And yet the conundrum is, well, why are they more anxious? Why is suicide on the rise? And, and all of those things that we need to address. Yeah, I am a big fan of making all of these topics just a part of our day-to-day conversation. And um, it's part of the reason I make silly videos about perimenopause or anxiety. And so I am on Team Rachel's. And let me actually shift gears to the book that you've written. It sounds really cool. Would one of you be able to give us a little bit of insight into what the inception was for this? This book. Oh, yeah. So our one of our favorite topics, maybe our favorite topic these days, as we've said, Rachel and I uh, have been very close friends since college. However, post-college, our relationship has grown as we've grown. You know, you really transition so much, really post-college, you're really leaving sort of the childlike impulses behind. One of the things we noticed is that it was like, all right, your 20s are all about who you're going to meet, who you're going to date, who you're going to marry, or who am I going to have children with? And then friendships kind of become a little bit of a an afterthought. I will make time, especially if you've got children, I will then make time for my friends 
after, um, you know, uh, after I've carved out everything for my family or my own uh, laser focused needs. We noticed that around the pandemic, there was a real shift in how obvious it was how much women needed their female friends, how much those Zoom cocktails or a walk down the street, even 10 feet apart, whatever it was, there was a need that we noticed was not only apparent to us, we also noticed that it was kind of getting into the zeitgeist a little bit resurgences of things like the Golden Girls TV show um, all over the place and what that represented. So I think both as storytellers by nature, we were like, we should look at that. And then one of our besties, she sent us the article from the Times about seven women in China who pooled together their resources to buy a broken down mansion outside of the city. And for their sort of B plan, although they ended up, they really spend time there during their current uh, lifestyles. Children visit, their significant others visit, et cetera. So it just was this really interesting thing. And we thought, all right, you know what? We should write a book about this because we have so many hilarious stories and so much comes from laughter and so much comes from the natural healing properties, I guess, of having your friends there. It, and it was also an extension of the differences between between the way men and women are socialized. So again, and that is probably the more traditional aspects of the book that we do talk a lot about because Rachel and I are both married to men, reasonably successful marriages with children. And there are some really um, worthwhile things to analyze in those differences and what men value and what women value. So that was, you know, look, we had instant research in our home. So we started there um, because I do think the most successful stories start with that personal aspect of it. And um, yeah, we are absolutely thrilled. We have really fun chapters. There are chapters about sisters called soul sister wives. We have chapters about mothers and daughters called mother frienders, um, old friends, new friends. Rachel touched on that a little bit for new mothers. You know, you go out into the world and sometimes you need to connect with a new friend who is going through exactly what you're going through at the time you're going through it. And so it was just really, um, I don't know, things started really falling from the sky and and really slapping us in the face in the best way. And we knew we had to do this. It sounds so interesting. And as a person who self-admittedly has always wanted to have something that I call and my family and friends call commune living, I love just being around people. And I also recognize that, you know, we don't have one person who is going to meet every single need of ours. And so you can be in a successful relationship with a lifetime partner, but you're likely going to need other pieces from other people. And so that might be a best friend or a girl crew or a mom, a sister. And it sounds like that's what you've honed in on with this book. You got it, Jill. That's exactly right. And I think what's so exciting for us is the reaction we're getting from women of all generations. And I mean, some of our favorites are like when we talk to women and they tell us about their 
friendships that have remained for generations and generations and how they still do things together and girls trips and travel or whether it's like a card group meeting once a week, but how they end up supporting each other through life's ups and downs. And back to what you were saying about the living together in a community, we are finding that young people really do see that value. And whereas like maybe generations past, they would move to be with their family. They're looking at their friends as family and moving to be in communities with their friends. The value of friendship is goes so deep. And that's what we're exploring and discovering. And and I think another thing to kind of point out is that the world is kind of dark right now. There's There are wars happening. There's a, a lot of negativity out there. And it's so wonderful to be able to bring something that is really positive and optimistic and celebratory and joyful. And, and that's been really, really wonderful for us to just get that reaction. I wanted to just add to that that we have so much fun together and our gang has so much fun together. And we, of course, that's a common thread. All these different groups of women, they all have different nicknames for their groups and whatever. It's just universal. We set out to do this sort of celebration of the bonds of, of female friendship. And what we did learn is that what's also in the zeitgeist now is how to combat loneliness. And, you know, Dr. Ruth is now the ambassador for the United States to fight loneliness. And there, this is a real uh, epidemic now. And we love the fact that we put in the work and the hours to have this like joyful celebration with this book. And on the other side is, I think people are really touching on some of the more, the deeper themes. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of how Rachel Steinman, you mentioned that this is an opportunity to shine the spotlight on some good. And then Rachel Winter talking a bit about how connection really helps with our spirit and our mood. And I have a couple of different friend groups that I am in, and I think this will be a really cool surprise gift for a next girl's trip to gift my girlfriends with. And so I think that seems like a really cool idea for anybody else who's listening. What do you think in hindsight, you are now authors, uh, you know, accomplished directors, producers, accomplished podcasters, and now accomplished moms. What, in hindsight, do you wish you had known ahead of becoming a parent? I mean, I think it ties in kind of perfectly with our book theme is that when you are a new mom, you tend to put everybody else's needs ahead of yours and you don't value friendship like you should. And I missed a bunch of important events for friends when I put my kids ahead of my friends. And I look back now and I don't regret it because I never regret things, but I, I think I would have done things differently had I understood the importance of it's okay to miss a dance recital for a friend's wedding <laughs> or whatever it is, you know? So I think that I would have prioritized my friendships a little more earlier on. Yeah, I kind of can relate to how when you become a mom, 
you become so hyper-focused in that role that some of the other pieces that are important to you take a bit of a back seat. And so with some hindsight, it feels like, oh, let me see if I can do a little bit better job of balancing all of the things, though I recognize that is a tall order. I will say there's also some of that kind of like cultural stigma of moms not being there and prioritizing themselves that I think, again, we're we're generalizing here, but that dads don't necessarily deal with. I don't think my husband had to deal with those types of conundrums. Yeah, I think that we could probably do a whole podcast on the societal piece to traditional parenting roles and some of the inequity that is there. And I think that's certainly something that's important to be aware around because I think as moms, we come to the table with this pressure on ourselves and these perfectionistic standards often that can make us feel quite overwhelmed. Let me shift gears to you, Rachel. Tell us if you could think through any things that you wish you had known ahead of being a parent that would have perhaps helped you cope differently or just kind of make this parenting thing a little easier. You know, it's such a great question. It's a question I sort of hate because it really forces me to look into the why I did certain things, but I understand them better. Um, And of course, with the benefit of being able to look back or actually look around now and be like, okay, my kids are okay. All of my fuck ups maybe (laughs) didn't like ruin their lives. But I think I was very nervous as a young mom that I was going to lose myself as a woman. And I was still trying to establish my career in the entertainment business. It's not a classic case of me looking back and thinking, I wish I had been there more. It is not that. As Rachel knows, I will forego food, sleep, water (laughs) to get everything done. That's not the issue. But I was so nervous. I was so wound up in knots about giving up on my own dreams, being a mom. So I sort of wish I had, if there was a way to wave a magic wand and and put less stress on the situation, um, maybe find better balance. And as Rachel knows, almost better than anyone, I'm still struggling with the same things, but it's shifted. Because I have been able to establish, I'm going to knock on wood, Uh, establish myself in the industry that I love doing the things that I love. Of course, I'm more calm and I'm more secure and in my own skin. Don't feel like I have as much to prove because it's very difficult for women um, in most industries, but mine is no exception. So now that I'm more calm, my struggle for balance is now exactly what Rachel said, which is to take care of myself so that I can better take care of my family So mine has been a shift, um, but I'm not sure for certain folks, it never changes. I think women in in particular have a tendency to place a lot of pressure on themselves and I'm no exception. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've got Valentine's Day coming up in February for partnerships that tend to be more romantic. And I know there is another holiday around that time that sounds perfect for your Stay Golden Girls Friendship is the New Marriage book. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. That is a perfect segue into um, one of the things we have heard, especially from younger women, 
They use the phrase platonic romance. These are 20-year-olds who uh, are already talking about, "Eh, if I meet, you know, a great potential significant other, fantastic. Otherwise, I'm with my girlfriends. And so we are, our big launch for our book is in expectation of Valentine's Day, which is on February 13th. Um, The phrase was originally coined, I believe, by Amy Poehler's character on Parks and Recreation, and it has totally caught fire. We have a chapter in our book called Galentine's Day. So like you said, this book is a great gift book. So yes, for Christmas and birthdays and Mother's Day and National Friends Day, but Galentine's Day is the best way to tell your girlfriends how much you love them um, with a joyful evergreen book that was literally created to celebrate the bonds of friendship. That's awesome. Well, thank you both so much for being here and taking time. I'm so appreciative to both of you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening. Check out motherhoodfeels.com for more pregnancy and postpartum supports. And head over to stayforevergold.com to learn more about my guests, their book, and Girls, Inc., a nonprofit focusing on the development of the whole girl through mentorship, evidence-based programming, and advocating for legislation to increase opportunities for all girls. Girls, Inc. will receive partial proceeds from your purchase of Stay Forever Gold, Friendship is the New Marriage.